O God, bless us this day with your Holy Spirit. Let it pour out upon us and strengthen our faith as we live in you and walk in your ways. As the Holy Scriptures are read, let the words we speak ring true and our thoughts be devoted to you. May we be blessed in your wisdom as we meditate on your word for this day. Let all that we do be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. And let God's people say, Amen. Our scripture reading today is from Job chapter 1, verse 1, and chapter 2, verse 1 through 13. A man in the land of Uz was named Job. That man was honest, a person of absolute integrity. He feared God and avoided evil. One day the divine beings came to present themselves before the Lord. The adversary also came among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said to the adversary, Where have you come from? The adversary answered the Lord, From wandering throughout the earth. The Lord said to the adversary, Have you thought about my servant Job? For there is no one like him on earth, a man who is honest, who is of absolute integrity, who reveres God and avoids evil. He still holds on to his integrity, even though you incited me to ruin him for no reason. The adversary responded to the Lord, Skin for skin. People will give up everything they have in exchange for their lives, but stretch out your hand and strike his bones and flesh. Then he will definitely curse you to your face. The Lord answered the adversary, There he is within your power. Only preserve his life. The adversary departed from the Lord's presence and struck Job with severe sores from the sole of his foot to the top of his head. Job took a piece of broken pottery to scratch himself and sat down on a mound of ashes. Job's wife said to him, Are you still clinging to your integrity? Curse God and die. Job said to her, You're talking like a foolish woman. We'll receive good from God, but not also receive bad. In all this, Job didn't sin with his lips. When Job's three friends heard about all this disaster that had happened to him, they came, each one from his home, Eliphaz from Teman, Bildad from Shua, and Zophar from Nama. They agreed to come so they could console and comfort him. When they looked up from a distance and didn't recognize him, they wept loudly. Each one tore his garment and scattered dust above his head toward the sky. They sat with Job on the ground seven days and seven nights, not speaking a word to him, for they saw that he was in excruciating pain. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today marks the first part of a four-part series walking through the book of Job. Because as I was looking at the difficult readings, I wanted to include Job, but realized that one Sunday would not quite be enough. And part of it's because Job is such an interesting book. and has so many things that it introduces. It's hard to put it all into just one thought. And so today we look at how Job's story begins. And it's important to understand a few things about Job. One is that Job is what we call a wisdom book. It is not 
a written history, but it is a book to teach us something about the human condition. Too often we want to say that this is Job, this is exactly what happened to him. And the thing is, that's not how Job is written. Job is written in a way to be able to tell us something about people and about God. The exchange Job has with his friends, if we were to try to write it in modern terms, it would be an epic rap battle because everything is written in a poetic form, not in a way that people would converse with each other if they were sitting around having a conversation, but in a very poetic language so that it's an art. The other thing about Job is that you may have noticed a name missing from the reading today. I chose today's translation because of the way that they translate the Hebrew. Most translations, you won't read the adversary, it will read Satan. The reason I chose today's is because the Hebrew word Satan simply means the accuser, or the adversary. The problem with trying to translate it as a name in Job is that the force of evil that we associate with Satan as the devil doesn't seem to make an appearance in Job. The adversary in Job shows up and does God's bidding. He shows up and goes, Hey God, what is it you want me to do? You want me to test people? I'm going to test people for you. You want me to do something? Tell me exactly what you need done. It's not the force that we often think of when we think of Satan as being a force that opposes God and that are constantly fighting. The adversary in Job is like a prosecuting attorney. He goes around looking at people and goes, all right, here's what they've done wrong. And I'm going to accuse them in this heavenly court of wrongdoing. And when he goes to do everything, he goes because God says, all right, go and do it. And it's important to make that distinction. Because the Sunday school version of Job we often get is some sort of fight between good and evil, and Job is resisting evil when in fact, Job's test comes directly from God. Everything that happens to him is by God's command. And it's important that we recognize that because it changes the way we read all of Job. Now, what we picked up today is the second meeting that they have had. The first meeting was that if Job has all of his things taken away, then he will curse God. And so his faith is pride. And yet he doesn't give in. At this point, he's lost his crops. He's lost his animals. He's lost his children. He's lost all of his servants. Everything he has is gone. And yet he's still holding on to faith that God is there and God will see him through. And so then comes the thing that really causes Job the most trouble. And it's the thing that Job is going to struggle with for 40 more chapters after what we have today. And that is that 
if he is afflicted himself, if he suffers, he will falter. Now up until this point, Job has endured. And I say endured because Job isn't being patient. Job isn't just politely sitting around. Job is surviving. Because Job is covered head to foot in sores and he is trying to scratch himself and trying to relieve some of his agony. And he's not doing a terribly great job of coping at this point. Because while Job has yet to sin with his lips, Job's thoughts are getting a little dark. The first hint we get of this is from his wife. And it's easy to try to paint his wife into a corner and say that, oh, she just gives up. But I can totally relate to Job's wife easier than I can to Job. And it's because her entire livelihood is gone. Her children are dead. And now her husband is diseased from head to toe. Her entire life has been turned upside down. And in desperation, she tells Job, Why are you still clinging to this? Just curse God and die. Get it over with because there is nothing more. And it's hard not to feel for her in that moment. But Job endures. He trusts that God is there and says, well, I accepted all the good things that God gave me. I believed that everything that I had was from God and if it was all from God, then if things are rough now, why should I think God's not there? And then if God was there in the good, God is there in the bad, and we'll figure it out. Now it's easy to love this Job and then just to jump to the end and skip everything in between. And it's easy to do because it keeps Job simple. Job's a good man, he's upright, and he doesn't question anything. He endures with a strong faith and he survives and he does great. The problem is, is that when we get to the next chapter, cracks are already showing. Because the next thing that Job wishes is that he had never been born. The next thing that Job wishes is that the day of his birth had been cursed and if he was born, that he was born stillborn, or maybe he could just die and be done suffering. And we often look past this Job. Because the thing is, Job hasn't declared that God isn't with him. He hasn't declared that God isn't there, and he hasn't said God isn't good, he hasn't cursed God, but the problem is that Job is losing hope. 
That while his faith is strong and he is enduring, he is breaking. And if Job loses hope, what does he have left? And so the question is, what does Job teach us in these opening chapters? When things seem so terrible. And one of the things I have come to realize from reading Job is that we don't give credit to Job for simply surviving with his faith intact. Because Job is facing the unknown. And the unknown is at the heart of everything that scares us and everything that causes us anxiety and everything that we want to run away from. The unknown is there in the middle of all of it. And here's Job, an upright man who has done no wrong and he has lost everything. And his friends come and it's hard to say if they're comforting him because it's nice that they came and it's nice that they stayed quiet seeing he was in pain. But the problem is that they tear their clothes and they throw ashes and they mourn him as if he is already dead. And there's Job trying to understand what's going on, trying to hold on to his faith that God is there, even if he doesn't know why any of this is happening. Even if he doesn't know why he has lost everything, that God is still there and God is still good. And Job asks a lot of hard questions. Now in the coming weeks, we'll be looking at how Job's friends come more to help themselves than to help Job, and that Job gets into a bit of an argument with God. And it's one of the most interesting arguments that one can have is one decides they're going to argue with God about what's going on. And we finish up by looking at how Job's story ends. But the important thing for today is know that Job is doing his best to survive. Because we can't wipe away the fact that terrible things are happening. Because terrible things do happen. Jesus recognized it when he talked about the people that were slaughtered by Pilate and the people who died in a building accident. And Job recognizes it here that things are happening and he doesn't know why. And the easiest thing to do is say, well, everything happens for a reason. Job is facing an unknown because that reason isn't known. And he can't find anything he has done to cause this to happen. And every bit tugs at Job saying, well, maybe what you know isn't right. And every bit 
tugs at who he is and what he believes. But at this point, Job still has faith. That even in the midst of the worst things that could possibly happen to him, he doesn't know why he's being tested. He doesn't even know if he's being tested. All he knows is that bad things are happening and the best thing he can do is trust that God is there. And it's amazing what that statement means. Job isn't assigning reason to everything. Job isn't justifying things. Job isn't making excuses for things. Job is simply saying, yeah, this is terrible. I enjoyed the good things and now things are bad. But I need to trust that God is still with me. That even in the face of the unknown, God is there. In the face of adversity that I don't understand or comprehend, God is there. That even when things are harder than I ever expected them to be and things seem as unfair as they ever could be and things seem cruel, God is there. And the one thing Job never loses is the faith that God is there. No matter what may come, no matter what hardships may enter in, and no matter how much we may not understand. Because I can promise you, one of the toughest things about being human is that we will never fully understand in this lifetime. And as we will see, Job learned that comprehending God is a nearly impossible task if you want to know everything. But he has one thing going for him. So he never forgets that God is still with him. He endures. And he survives. And there is no shame in surviving and enduring. Too often we think we must be the conqueror and that we must overcome everything. But how do you overcome a problem you can't understand? How do you overcome a situation that you don't even know the half of? How do you overcome God? Sometimes we endure and sometimes we survive. That our faith carries us through that we may live another day and rebuild, knowing that God is still with us. And Job tells us that it's okay to survive. It's okay to feel crushed because sometimes that happens in life. The important thing is to endure 
and carry on because God is still there. Amen.